Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am, you had better. Yeah, you know, wake them up, get them up, get them going. It's Wednesday on Ian Rodby. Hook them up for sure. Three days to the start of the Longhorn football season. That is all that it's between you and college football season starting. For your Longhorn fan, all over the Big 12, all over college football. It really starts tomorrow night. Only about uh, just over 24 hours to the start of the season with a full slate of Thursday night games. Doing a good one out in Utah with Utah Utes, soon to be a Big 12 member. One more year in the Pac-12, they'll play Florida. So we'll preview and talk plenty of college football, pro football as well. Cutdown day was yesterday. Uh, not the massive trades or big trades maybe we thought we'd see. Cowboys did make another deal to acquire a former first-round draft pick. Uh, we'll go sift through all of the uh, goings-on in the National Football League. They're now uh, one week from now eight days away to the start of the NFL season with that opener next Thursday night. Also, Major League Baseball, it is a three-way tie atop the American League West with about 30 games to go in the season after last night's uh, ball games. We'll get you an update there. A lot of Major League Baseball as well. Just a lot to do. It's a busy Wednesday getting you up over that hump, and we're excited you're there. A little cooler again this morning. Temperatures and humidity continuing to drop, so uh, now is the time to be up and out, getting a workout in, getting some exercise, and getting yourself going on this the 30th of August as we crank it up. Five hours of fun and conversation each and every morning. Five hours, five days a week here on Ian Rod B. And look who it is across the uh, the table. I'm sure he's gotten his four-mile jog in already this morning and is ready to crank it up. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the show at an extremely high level. Five hours each day, five days a week here on Hook Em Up. From DB High in the 713 and DBU here in the 512, as well as stops at four different NFL zip codes. He knows very well about cut-down day in the National Football League. He is a lifetime Longhorn. He is a football theorist. We're number 21 in your program, but always number one in our hearts, our man, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro as always, and yeah, man, it is uh, getting over the hump and headed downhill to the weekend, and that is a college football weekend. It's a beautiful thing, game week. I've been watching Rice film. That's how I, I watched three games. The Rice Owls. That's how I'm sorry. Uh, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we'll start previewing the <laughs> offense today and diving into the X and O's. But as we do every morning, we do want to salute those who choose to serve up early this morning. Uh, we appreciate all those who uh, choose to devote themselves to service, whether it be God, country, or community. Uh, we salute you this morning, like we do every morning, whether it be soldiers, first responders, the teachers, the uh, you know waste management, uh, nurses. It doesn't matter. So many of you and you the guardian angels of our society. We appreciate you. No question. Uh, service is, uh, comes in all forms, and we appreciate it very, very much, uh, especially if you're up early with us this morning. And appreciate you finding us, however you do. Um, we make it e- as easy as possible on 101.9 FM, AM 1260. Oh, yeah. and of course, always streaming for you on that digital app, uh, which is so easy to do and download to your smartphone. Also on our uh, website, hornfm.com. The Twitch channel is there and cranking, and you can watch the show and our YouTube channel continuing to uh, to grow in numbers. Thank you for doing that. That's youtube.com at the horn ATX as we crank it up on a Wednesday morning. Uh, he is Ty Henderson through the glass. He was uh, hey one pick shy of a uh, par- no! parlay last night no! because uh, the most solid of the picks, the Seattle Mariners, did not come through for him. Come on. And that's the way parlays go. What? They say. What's up, TY? They're, they're a Scott Scratch, though. Oh, he did? Yes. 
Uh, yes, I because I was like, well, George Kirby was supposed to pitch mm-hmm. last night. He's their best mm-hmm. pitcher, and big part of why Seattle is surging right now in that AOS. I did not uh, did not know that. Is it a that's minor a, that's issue? A, that's avoided bet. Oh, really? Well, I usually bet like if blah 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 starts. Voidable bet. Yes. I like so, that. That's, that's a nice term. It's a nice term. Voidable wager. Phil Mickelson taught you that. Yeah, straight cash, homie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Straight cash, homie. That's pretty funny. Phil Mickelson, he teach you that. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I also like uh, this Wednesday morning. There's a lot going on. And if you're watching on the Twitch channel or on YouTube, you'll see that I uh, I have poured myself a cup of coffee this morning, Rodby. That's rare for you. It is. I don't drink. I'm going to see if I want to sip it. So I'm feeling you, pretty good. But you were up late last night. For me, yeah. Late we, night. Uh, we took in the Lionel Richie hey, Earth, man. Wind, and Fire concert oh. last night. Oh, I bet that was popping. At popping. Moody Center. It was popping. It was popping. <laughs> Lionel brought it. All the hits from the Commodore. How old do we say Lionel was now? Oh, 70. Gosh. Is he um, in his mid-70s or early 70s? And, uh, he's still, and he's still bringing it like that? Lionel That's pretty Richie. amazing that Lionel Richie. He looks great. He sounds great. 74? 74 years 74 young. years old and still bri- that's that's amazing yes and wow. uh yeah i had a good good spot to see it and uh lionel brought it man and came that's up uh, out of the stage and opened with hello of course hello <laughs> that's how he started that's the opener that was the yeah. opener um he that's also a, uh it's like, uh, the, sta- it's like the, the stalker anthem all the hello <laughs> did he do all night long? All night long was the closer. Oh. All yeah, night long that was the closer. Sense. That made sense. Get go. everybody, yeah, get everybody popping. The one, the one uh, song encore from mm-hmm. Lionel Richie last night was uh, all night long, and that one was a that was a banger, as the kids oh, say. No question. At the end, he had done right before that. Before he closed out, he did uh, he did uh, "We Are the World." We are the world. You know the eighties anthem that how, he wrote. How? With? He wrote did, that with Michael Jackson. I know he just no, but he he did it without any of the other. There was like stars? a piped in choir, I guess you would say. Oh, okay, in his band. Right. Yeah. And of course, the crowd was all singing along with uh, "We Are the World" from the uh, from the '80s, which was pretty cool. And in between all that, he sang every one of his dang hits. And uh, you know, it's nice. He, I like it. He and he said at one point, if you were with you know in a couple, that his job was to get her warmed up and you do the rest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty. Can funny. you close the deal? Yeah, <laughs> no, you can't. That's on you. <laughs> by, by the time I got home and got an Uber, I was snoozing, man. <laughs> it was time <laughs> for bed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, considering you get up at what four? What time do you get up every morning? Uh, I try to three fifty one. Three fifty one. Now yeah. that is my my that is my standard SOP. Three fifty one. Three fifty one. So random I, for somebody who got OCD like you. That's random. Because well, I because I do one nine minute snooze, so I'm out of bed by four. Uh, okay. I give yeah. myself nine extra minutes, and yeah. then heat feet on the ground. See you later. Gotta be shower. up. I'm with you. I gotta be up before four. If I'm not up before four, then the whole morning's just wrecked. Yeah. Gotta be out of the bed, moving around well, before I've, four o'clock. I've always Three. said that, having yeah. done morning shows for you. so long, the clock yeah. doesn't stop. Right. I mean, if, oh. you're, if you if you sleep for one more night. Nine minutes, that's nine minutes you never catch back up to. Yeah. Just it's oh, and just, it comes back to, yeah. to bite you. When you get on a regimen <laughs> and you get on a cycle, it does. I'll never get that nine minutes. I, I, I might make up a minute or two. But not gonna make mm-hmm. up the nine. Ty's like, uh, what? What are y'all talking about? I'll yeah. make up that minute. When you're twenty something, you can make up that time. Yeah, I snooze for at least an hour every morning. See, I, I see <laughs> you that's, can make up that time. I see that's not you know. <laughs> as a morning show host for so long, you do some sleep. You read about sleep. Oh yeah, that's not. A, you should just find your night get, when you're gonna get up and do one nine minutes. I know. I'm not getting any less tired from hitting. Yeah, snooze. that that night you're not actually falling back asleep for that hour. That you're yeah, you don't hit that rim. Button. That's no way you can. You're hit not the rim getting that solid quick. sleep. You might as well just crank through it. But either way, that was it. Yeah. Well, I highly recommend Lionel Richie. I might have, who right. knows if he'll come back through. That was pretty darn good last night and had a great old time. And uh, Lionel Richie, all the hits. And the you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire have been doing it 50 years. 
they brought it as well to start the uh, the proceedings last night. Uh, that was really good too. And they've got a huge band. They got eight, ten, twelve people up there doing things, horn sections, and oh yeah, um, cranking it out. So uh, this says. Uh, uh, this nurse appreciates being able to listen to y'all on the way to work. Thank you very much for Thank your you. service. We love that. 64 beautiful degrees in Driftwood uh, Ranch and Golf yeah, Club area. It did feel good this morning. Yeah, how was your jog? A little cooler? It was cooler, and I drove in with the windows down. It was nice. Yeah, just just, no AC, just windows down. Yeah, it's still going to hit you know, about 99, 100 degrees today, but mm-hmm. uh, the humidity's down. And yeah, I woke to open the door this morning. I was like, wow, that's, that's, that's a nice little mm. feel right there. You know what that feels like, Rod? Feels like fall. College football. I was going to say, yeah, so it feels like fall kind of football. High football school, weather. college football, mm-hmm. football, football weather, baby. Put your hand in the dirt and let's go. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with the headlines, trending topics to start your morning. Oh, man, double shot. Double shot power this morning brought to you by Top Gun Equipment Rentals. We'll start with college football. Yeah, we're not T-minus three days to the start of that Longhorn football season for 2023. Uh, 11th ranked Horns continue their game week prep for the Rice Owls on Saturday afternoon, 2.30 at DKR. You just heard Rod Babers. He's been doing film study on Rice, so we will get a deep dive thought on uh, the opponent coming up. Elsewhere in college football, after a lengthy quarterback battle this offseason, Ohio State, top five team in the country in the preseason. Their coach Ryan Day yesterday announced that junior Kyle McCord will be the team's starting quarterback for their season opener against Indiana on Saturday. Uh, Day was clear, though, that the redshirt freshman Devin Brown had a great camp, and he's earned the right to play in that game one. So maybe that QB battle not quite settled yet into week one. NFL cut down day around the league. All 32 teams pairing those rosters back to 53. Big story was in Indianapolis where the Colts were unable to complete a deal to trade all-pro running back Jonathan Taylor. He will begin the season on the pup list and he'll be out for at least the first four games of the Colts season. What a mess that is. Cowboys did make a trade yesterday. They shipped their cornerback, uh, Kelvin Joseph, excuse me, to the Miami Dolphins for a cornerback, uh, fellow cornerback, Noah in Big Ogoni, uh, he's an intrig- intriguing exchange of draft disappointments. Joseph leaves Dallas after falling down the depth chart despite being a second-round pick in 2021. In Big Benagoni, meanwhile, was the 30th pick in the first round of the Dolphins back in 2020. Of course, back on Friday, the Cowboys acquired another first-round draft pick with their trade for quarterback Trey Lance. Third overall pick in 2021, arrived in Dallas on Tuesday, connected with Dak Prescott for the first time, said he's looking forward to learning everything he can from the Cowboys quarterback. As for Prescott, he offered his opinion on the move back on Saturday. That's a first-round talent, um, and uh, you're always trying to make your team better. Um, but that, that's, that was the front office, so we're going to welcome him as we do any teammate. Um, and uh, hope he just he makes us better, and then we're going to continue to get back at it and know we've got one goal as a team. One goal as a team. Major League Baseball, 30 games to go in the regular season. Flat-footed three-way tie atop the American League West. Astros and Rangers both gained a game on Seattle last night. Houston thumped Boston at Fenway Park, 6-2. Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez hit back-to-back homers. And in the first inning, Mauricio Dubon added a two-run double in the sixth to back a solid start from J.P. France. Rangers made it back-to-back wins over the Mets in New York, 2-1 the score last night. Andrew Heaney and four Texas relievers combined on a seven-hitter. And the lowly Oakland A's did the Rangers and Astros a favor. They tripped the Mariners 3-1. Houston and Seattle will play afternoon games today. Rangers wrap up their series with the Mets tonight. Round Rock Express continued their hot streak. They opened their series at Oklahoma City with a 10-9 win. And in volleyball, great bounce-back victory for the 7th-ranked Texas volleyball squad. They rebounded from that shocking season-opening loss to unranked Long Beach State with a big-time road win last night for head coach Jared Elliott. They beat 5th-ranked Minnesota. Hostile environment on the road, three games to one. The defending national champs were led by Asia O'Neill, who played her first match of the, se- her first match of the season, finished with seven kills and eight blocks.
Porn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Top Guns join forces with the legendary Austin Outdoor Power to give you the best lines of outdoor power equipment and fastest repair turnaround times in town. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, the Cowboys made, I mean, that move to send Kelvin Joseph, who was actually playing pretty well, to the Dolphins in exchange for their corner for corner. You're, dis- you're disappointing second round defensive back. You're going to trade for their disappointing first round defensive back. And I don't mind it. And this is why, because I, I think it's just about. Both of these teams, they're not necessarily giving up on these prospects. I think both of these teams still believe that, you know, Kelvin Joseph and um, Igbenogany. Igbenogany. I, I believe that's how you say Igbenogany. Igbenogany. Say it. Just Out say of it. Auburn. Yeah. Auburn. Um, Auburn. Auburn Tiger. Um, I believe they, both squads just believe a change of scenery might help them better reach their ceiling. Because Kelvin Joseph actually did have a pretty good preseason. It's the preseason, so nobody cares. But he actually had a pretty good preseason, um, which I did think helped, you know, kind of raise his his trade value. Uh, I thought the Cowboys would end up trading him for a pick, a late round pick of some sort. But no, they end up trading him for another player. And honestly, this is a good move for the Cowboys. The Cowboys, and we'll get into this in Ross round the day. I'm thinking about breaking it down a little bit because I got some notes on it. The Cowboys are, are are really good at at finding value. Um, in the acquisition markets, they that's why they hate free agency. They 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 talk about it all the time. They like they never want to bid in free agency because they believe you have to overpay because you're competing against other teams in the in the open market, uh, in the free agent market. But they that's why in the draft they're really good. They invest a lot in the draft. They're one of the best drafting teams in the NFL. They also love undrafted free agents. They got three of them, I believe, that made this 53 man roster. They're really big. They have some of the best undrafted free agency stories in NFL history. Actually, I mean, how many teams have a franchise quarterback that was an undrafted drafted free agent at one point like Tony Romo. It just doesn't happen. The Cowboys are, have a really good track record there. But that's all about those are those are really uh, cost-effective ways um, and team-friendly ways to acquire talent and acquire value. And one of the other things I think now is look at how many former first-round picks other teams, uh, whether you call them a failed first-round pick or you just say that they underachieved with the team that drafted them, they have a ton of former first-round picks on their team right now, 12, actually. I want to say, yeah. No, actually, this may make 13. Yeah, well, two, makes, two in five days yeah, uh, that this, you acquired. This, this makes 13. Yeah, so I got 13. Trey Lance in uh, the corner yesterday. Yeah, 13 well, former first-round picks right now. Other teams, for like former first-round picks, period, on their roster right now. And it they're, is their own included too. They're in corner for corners a bit surprising because it felt like the reason they were trading Kelvin Joseph or uh, trading their corner, uh, Kelvin Joseph, who was a second round pick by the Cowboys, is that he was kind of stuck behind their four clear cut corners, right? Trevon Diggs and mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore, your starters. Deron Bland and Jordan Lewis are the top backups. Deron Bland had a great rookie year. They also had a standout uh, uh, kid. Eric Scott is there. Israel uh, oh, yeah. Mukamanu Mamu is there as well. A depth player. Makiamu. Yep. So yeah, they they've got a deep secondary. They also brought all their they safeties do. back uh, this off season. Uh, you know. Uh, Donovan Wilson as well. So, yeah, the, the secondary is ready to go for the Cowboys. It's so point. It's deep. That's why I wondered, you know, if you're going to trade Kelvin Joseph, would you get a pick, as a you pick, said, yeah. or a different <laughs> position uh, where maybe you're thin at linebacker or thin somewhere else. Instead, it's corner for corner for the Dallas Cowboys. But you're right, stockpiling first-round draft picks. And, you know, the question's going to be in Dallas, this, uh, you know, Dak Prescott and that conversation. It's been an ongoing conversation, um, you know, with Trey Lance coming in and, 
him showing up and now him doing interviews. We'll hear from Trey Lance coming up throughout the show. He spoke yesterday. Uh, he was, you know, happy to have a fresh start and uh, ready to go. I still think it's, uh, you know, somewhat concerning and just odd that uh, Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott were not, not, not even much Prescott, but both guys not consulted or at least given the heads up that this was going down. And My question is, was Dan Quinn consulted? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That well, if Dan Quinn was consulted, then we know there's really something going on. Reports came out yesterday that McCarthy was consulted. He just wasn't consulted on the business side, like how much they were going to trade for him. But oh. they did have him evaluate Lance before the trade. Well, okay, McCarthy there you said go. he did That's well, McCarthy for his own, because this all came down on uh, – on Friday, they played Saturday, so there was a lot of uh, open mic stuff after the game. And the, Mike McCarthy said he did. We didn't it know. might be damage control, though. Yeah, I think there's some damage now control. Because now it's gotten out there, and, and now it's exactly a big right. story that hold now, up, you didn't tell your head coach or your quarterback. You didn't, you know, that's that's not that's just bad business. And I think now it's like whoa, 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 yeah, he told me, but not about the business. So I think maybe some damage control. Well, I think he's right. Right. Saying, well, and, and of course, you know, you know, Mike McCarthy. You know, he's going to sack Jerry Jones. Yeah, I'm a company man. Uh, and so is so is Dak Prescott. You even heard him in that little cut we played in the headlines that at one point in there he said, that's that's the front office's call, essentially. It wasn't my call. I got nothing to do with um, it. But, you know, he's the third pick in the draft. He's a high-level talent. He's a high-ceiling talent. They didn't do this for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not there. This wasn't a, a fourth-round pick. It's not a throwaway pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. Uh, those are valuable. The Cowboys have made more out of their fourth-round picks than most teams in this league. Uh, when you consider really Tony good. Pollard yeah. and Dak Prescott and Dalton, mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, these are all fourth-round picks for the Cowboys. Let's hear uh, one uh, one prominent national voice that uh, is questioning Dak Prescott not being alerted and told is uh, Lewis Riddick at ESPN, uh, now part of the you know the the growing stable there with the Four Letter Network. Here were his thoughts on on Dak Prescott. But there's no way you can tell me Jerry didn't know what he was doing when he didn't tell his franchise quarterback. And his head coach, we're acquiring a guy who is very highly thought of at the most important position of the team when our franchise, our own franchise quarterback is coming off of a year in which Dan just articulated. And, and, There's no way you're not going to tell me that's not, that's not calculated, and he didn't do it for a reason. I don't know. What- all right, there you go. There's Lewis Riddick. Uh, yeah. Calculated. Is it pressure on Dak? Is it, uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, this is a business and every position on our team, we're always looking for the replacement for that player, even if it's the quarterback. I heard the former Cowboy Marcus Spears Some yesterday say, you know, you know, I brought, a, brought another lady home with my, and my wife was there and I said, hey, you know, she's just going to stay, stay with us for a little while. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. <laughs> Nothing to see here. All good. Uh, but yes, no, that's, uh, that again, it's, it's the Cowboys and all I would say for Jerry Jones, it seemed like it was mm-hmm. such a drama free camp and drama free, you know, off season for the most part outside of the Zeke Elliott, you know, Cowboys fans, a lot of mm-hmm. Cowboy fans, Zeke Elliott was their favorite player and oh, he's, yeah. he was cut loose. He's in new England now, but other than that, I think most Cowboy fans were resigned that he wasn't going to be back anyway. So there wasn't yeah. much drama and whether this is drama or not, we can decide at the same time it is, it is pretty significant to, uh, give up a valuable pick for a a high-end player who just didn't work out. Because, you know, also here coming up, Rod, this morning, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did an interview, and yeah. you can tell that he was mm-hmm. he kind of took a little uh, under-his-breath shots at Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers for their handling of that whole quarterback situation in San Francisco with himself, He's not the only Trey one. Lance. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people throwing. So there's shade for Jerry Jones, but there's also shade towards Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for how they handled this whole thing. Uh, they're just smiling because they feel like Brock. they got something in this Brock Purdy, 
And we'll see. A lot of pressure on Brock Purdy to perform at this point based on how this has all gone on. Yeah, it's just, you know, I always say that, you know, picking a quarterback is like picking a significant other. The woman you marry is not always the hottest woman you ever dated. She was the one that was compatible with you. Shano believes that Brock Purdy is compatible with his offense. And even though they, they projected Trey Lance to be, he just was not. It just didn't happen. And sometimes, hey, you can think, oh, man, this is the person I'm going to marry. This person is going to be great. They're, they're fantastic. And then, you you know, you date them for a while, two, three years, and you go, yeah, actually, I was wrong about that. I got to know this person, and turns out I was wrong about them. They are not the one. And then you can see them date somebody for six months and end up marrying that person. You ever see that happen? That's the one. Somebody date somebody for three, three, four years, never marry them, and then date somebody for six months and get married. You're like, whoa, what the hell happened? How'd you think? Like, hey, man, they were the one. Period. The one, they, the one. They, we're compatible. That's the way it works. And quarterback is like that. People don't always like it. And yeah, sometimes you can sacrifice a ton, right? Because you believe that that one person was going to be your life partner, Trey Lance, but it turns out you were wrong. Hey, man, you got to admit you were wrong. Yeah, Charge yeah. it to the game and move on. John Lynch said over the weekend, we own it. We own yeah, it. Yeah, you got to own it, man. mistake. You know, if you listen to Kyle Shanahan, yeah. he made it pretty clear. You, you know, the old, the old adage, you can't make the club in the tub, Rod. I mean, you you can't you can't. It's not nobody's fault. And exactly. <laughs> but we draft we drafted you and uh, knew you were going to take some time to season, and then when you got your first chance, you hit, you hit a player's helmet with your finger, broke your finger, and you missed yeah. most of the year. Then you we, we built the offense around you last year, and you got hurt and kind of did a Dak Prescott thing with his ankle in the first game of the year. And then he was out. So, you know, that's two seasons where you lost it. He was going to need reps anyhow that he never got. Come on. And then this Brock Purdy shows up. And, you know, like. like just wows everybody. My, my best Jerry Jones impression of Tony Romo. Brock Purdy's a miracle. You know, it's like, come on. How does this happen? Mr. Irrelevant turns into our guy. And now you got his teammate Willie Sneed in the 49ers comparing him to Drew Brees. Saying this guy reminds me of of, a, of Drew. I played with Drew for three or four years. And this is how this guy operates. We'll see. It yeah. leads to. Uh, that's an interesting conjecture and conversation a week out to the NFL season. But uh, at the end of the day, Dak Prescott's the starter for the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Brock Purdy is the starter for the uh, 49ers. And they may meet again in January. Yeah. You know, you know. And by the way, speaking of, Dak Prescott is a happy accident. He's, uh, he's, he is. He's Viagra. They didn't think they, Dak Prescott's going to be the starter. Getting back to your point about can't make the club in the tub, I'm a Romosexual. I love me some Tony Romo. Tony Romo couldn't be your franchise quarterback forever because he couldn't stay healthy. He end, was yeah. fragile That's why you built that offensive line around him. Hopefully nobody could touch him because when he was untouched, he was amazing. But as soon as you sneezed on him, there was going to be an injury that popped up, and that's what happened toward the end of Romo's career. So, yeah, you're right. That's part. Availability is your number one ability yeah. in football. Availability, availability. <laughs> yeah, and, and Trey Lance just hasn't. Has Which, you know, that spins it back to the to the Jerry Jones question is, you know, how are you going to develop this guy who the, the 49ers could not? What's your plan? And uh, even Mike McCarthy has admitted that, you know, we're, we'll try. We have meetings with our young players every week. And, yeah, but we're now focused on our season. It's about Dak and yep. Cooper Rush. And, it's about winning. And it's about winning football games. And, Which uh, is, I think, like I said, Trey Lance can help you. Yeah. As your simulation quarterback like on your that. third team, when you have to go up against Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, Wouldn't he it, can be a great simulation quarterback that can help you get a good look for the defense. But like I said, not on the field offensively, but that's for you. It's still, it's still a team aspect, how he's, con- he's contributing to winning games. No, I agree with you. I think that's a, as good a point as anybody's made about what he can do for you right now. Now, uh, is simulate Jalen Hurts, simulate Daniel Jones, bring a running quarterback for the scout team. I love that. But wouldn't you have loved to have he and Mike McCarthy sitting down talking about that before the acquisition? Like, hey, what do you think? You know, because because you know, if you the, the cut I played in the headlines was from Saturday night's post game. 
Mm-hmm. But the first thing that Dak Prescott said was when asked about Trey Lance is, man, I just feel bad for Will Greer. That's my guy. We've been we've been sweating together out there at training camp, and he's played great. He's been playing well, and now he's out. He looks he looks good. I feel bad for Will. He's supposed to be a meritocracy. And you're like, yeah, I thought I earned it. I guess you didn't. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's a, it's a sad so, story. So Dak's immediate thought was to his teammate who just got waived because they acquired this guy, and uh, I do think there's some 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 sides to Dak and Mike McCarthy that are kind of thinking. I also heard Mike Tannenbaum on the on ESPN, formerly the Jets, saying that uh, if I were Mike McCarthy, I'd feel like that's a little bit ominous. But it, look, I do think it ratchets up the pressure on on everybody. everybody. Jerry Jones made the move, mm-hmm. gave up the pick, didn't yep. tell his quarterback or coach. The you know the quarterback and coach know this is an important important season that mm-hmm. we're kind of all in on this deal, y'all, and you need to to, to step it up. And um, you know Brock Purdy, the the pressure up on him out in San Francisco right now uh, leads to a lot of fun drama conversation. As we start this season. Coming up, uh, we will get behind that burnt orange curtain. As we say, three days to the Longhorn opener with Rice. The rest of the college football weekend. Rod's been doing deep dive film study on the Rice Owls. Yes, sir. How many of you out there can say you watched three Rice games yesterday? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I watched uh, Lionel Richie and uh, uh, some other stuff. But, man, that's not, not something I did. I'll confirm that. We'll I'm also a masochist. Get, he is. He's a, well, you're a football theorist and masochist on top of it. You will also get to the uh, What the Facts segment. Big facts, including... See that the LA Angels, after going forward at the trade deadline, have now waived a third of their roster. Waived a third of their roster. The LA Angels, what a season in front office management they have put on, man. What a display. We'll get you that coming up. Uh, plenty to do. Glad you're with us. Just getting warmed up on a Wednesday. Come on and sing along. We're going to. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Yeah, that was the closer last night, the banger, Ron. People, I'll say this, I'm 50 oh, yeah. years old, mm-hmm. 50 years old, and I felt young in the crowd. <laughs> I did. I did. It was an older, it was a great crowd. They were jamming. It was awesome. People, because we could look down on the floor seats, and, uh, man, they were dancing and shaking. It was awesome. So it was past a lot of people's bedtimes. It was. Then. It was. But it was over by 11. I'll say this. That's the first time I've ever been to a concert where, you know, the ticket, it said, starts at 730 and then ends at 11. It started mm-hmm. at 730 and ended at 11. And at 11. That's it. You know exactly <laughs> what it's ended. Like, like Earth, Wind, and Fire went on at 730. Like, how often does that happen at a concert that it's, like, on the first beat? That's it was good. on 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 point, and that's because they're old dudes too. They can't they can't stay up too late either. No, they're like, man, we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was a good time. It's a good time. It's and, good stuff, uh, man. Uh, Moody Center. I know Rich is I mean, still going strong. Well, me, I you know I had been to a Texas basketball game a few times. I had not been to a concert at the Moody Center uh, until last night. I, we were at the uh, bull riding mm-hmm. the PBR on Sunday. They turned that thing around pretty quick. So uh, you know, good stuff there at uh, what a great arena. In downtown Austin, right on campus. It's just uh, great acoustics, great show. Uh, so Rod Babers will take us behind the burn orange curtain. Texas three days away to the opener with Rice. And we're talking a lot of Texas, obviously. The boxes that are checked and uh, where they stand as the 11th ranked team in the country. And um, according to Barrett Saleh of uh, CBS, Rod, oh yeah, he did an article highlighting 14 teams who he thinks are legitimate, legitimate contenders for the college football playoff. And he has two in the ACC, three in the Big Ten. One independent in Notre Dame, one in the Pac, two in the Pac-12, or actually four in the Pac-12. I was going to say the Pac-12 should have more because of the four quarterbacks. Four in the Pac-12. Because, yeah, the quarterbacks, man. Uh, two in the SEC and then one in the Big 12. Those yeah. are his 14, the, and Texas is the lone Big 12 team that's in that conversation. Yeah, strangely enough, the Pac-12 this year could end up wreaking havoc on the college football playoff 
just because they have so many quarterbacks that are going to be considered uh, that can play an elite level. What obviously Caleb Williams, defending Heisman Trophy winner. There's Michael Penix at Washington, who's a really really good player, and you know we're big fans of, of Michael Penix Jr. What he's done, um, you know they really got some quarter Bo Nix. Another guy that's a good quarterback in the uh, in the Pac-12. So I think that's why people are really high on the Pac-12 is because you look at the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and this may be the best year they've had for quarterbacks in a while. Yeah, I mean it's deep, it's deep, it's and really, deep. Um, really talented players. Mm. And that, or you know because as Barrett Saleh wrote that you know USC, Oregon, uh, Utah, and Washington. You know if any one of those teams were to run the table, they'd be legitimate. Playoff contenders. Playoff contenders. Yeah, you got to put them in the conversation. But because they're 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 good at quarterback and they also have holes on on all those teams, they could just cannibalize themselves and they won't have anybody, right? I mean, if they all knock each other off along the way here, then they won't have anybody. Um, and that's, you know, yeah, um, they could or, cannibalize each other. Which, which kind of goes back to the Longhorn point that Texas, if they can handle their business, uh, even with with the Alabama game looming in a couple of weeks, that's an, an opportunity for uh, you know for Texas to, to be, have no no impediment ahead of them. I mean, go for it. Go get this uh, this trip. Now, again, college football playoff would be, I think that's, that's high cotton right now for the long some people, that's, Some people are picking on Desmond Howard did. I know. Well, Desmond Howard. I'm just saying, realistically, let's, let's work on a conference championship and then play, I know, play your cards me. from there. I'm with you. I'm trying to be realistic, too, but uh, some people are getting um, just wasted on the burn orange Kool-Aid. And I get it because this is one of those years. Oh, yeah, you forgot about DJU. Thank you, Texter. I forgot about uh, Uyunglele, uh, also another you know really highly touted quarterback in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is loaded with qu- great quarterback play this year. Um, honestly, even UCLA is—I think they got a five-star quarterback that's going to replace uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, DTR, who's also balling in the league right now. So that's yeah, I think that's why people are really high on the Pac-12 this year—the quarterback play. They're going to have the best quarterback play of any league in college football. Yeah, not even close actually. Yeah, now, ACC <laughs> could maybe contend, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. May. Well, but really, Drake, Drake Mays Cade Klubnick, it. if he takes it in yeah, Garrett Wilson, Klubnick Garrett Riley's it, offense, maybe there's a Cade Klubnick. You know, I, I still consider Sam Hartman at Notre Dame still part of the ACC, even though Notre Dame's independent. Their the affiliation, their affiliation there. So, mm-hmm. and we saw Sam Hartman on Saturday. He's a really good player uh, for Notre Dame. So, yeah, ACC maybe, but yeah, Big Tw- uh, Pac-12. I don't think there's any doubt has the deepest you know talent level at quarterback. Uh, established quarterback talent in the country. Uh, before the top of the hour, we got our what's the what the fact segment, what including the facts, uh, including Bill Belichick has how many quarterbacks on his roster as of this morning? How many? Really? Uh, I'm sure. Okay, we'll get to that coming up. But right now, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind that curtain? All right. Now I did get to watch. Some Rice football last night. Focused on the Rice offense. We'll get to the Rice defense uh, probably tomorrow. But I focused on the Rice offense and just how they would try to attack Texas. I can't imagine. I know they want to run the ball. And the offensive coordinator, Tui Yasasopo, he's the offensive coordinator for actually has been there for now two years. He wants to run the ball, and he talks about it, how they want to be a physical running team. But lately, they've been trending in you know, some of the, the different uh, games that I watched and some of the uh, games that I went through and reviewed. They have been trending at times, throwing the football a little bit more. And I think against Texas, I, I think they might try to throw the football early on. Now, not vertically downfield, because they have JT Daniels, who is the highest-rated signee in Rice 
program history yeah. <laughs> at quarterback, all right, a true five-star, which Rice just doesn't really get those guys. Um, I do think early on you may see them try to use the passing game as an extension of the running game or the passing game to open up the running game. And that, that could be screens, the quick game, slants and hitches, uh, things they know Texas is willing to give up. Uh, it could be, you know, bootlegs, waggles, just easy completions. The RPO game, which is a combination of the quick game and the run game. I, I, I can't imagine, E, that they're going to go into this game rice. Because the biggest advantage Texas has against rice is the lines of scrimmage. That is the biggest advantage they have. And if you're rice, you're trying your best to try to minimize that disadvantage that you're at with the uh, lines of scrimmage. If you go in there just trying to play bully ball against Texas and run the football, I cannot imagine. Well, maybe you are. Maybe you're just waving the white flag. To me, if, if Rice goes in there and just decides, no, we're going to run the football against Texas. By the way, Texas, that's the strength of the defense, right? The strength of the Texas defense last year, they were 23rd in yards per rush allowed. They were, uh, I believe they were 33rd around there in rushing yards per game allowed. We know that was the identity of the defense. The weakness last year of the Texas defense was actually the pass defense. They were 90th in pass defense. They were the 100th in a completion percentage allowed. You know, they gave up inside leverage a lot, which I yelled and screamed about a lot on the airwaves. If you're going to attack Texas, you really do it through the air. Doing it on the ground is kind of banging your head against a brick wall, especially a program that, like Rice, who doesn't have the, the hogs up front to do it in and I know some people like, whoa, they, how can they pass protect too? Yeah, but there are schematic things you can do in pass protection that can hide your disadvantage in pass pro. You can bootleg and waggle. You can just kind of cut off the defense. Bootleg, waggle, which they do, um, and roll out and get the quarterback outside the pocket or move the pocket. The RPO is basically the quick game and the run game. The RPO neutralizes pass rush, too. Uh, you can run the quick game. You can run screens and things of that nature. So there, there are things you can do in the passing game early on to cover up the fact that you don't have uh, su- you know, superb pass protection. And to me, if I'm game planning, I game plan based on what are my strengths and what are the weaknesses of the opponent. Texas's strength on defense is their rush defense. Their weakness is their pass defense. Uh, the, the Rice Owls with Tui Asasopo as the offensive coordinator, um, they actually are you know, one of the better pass offenses that they've had in program history. The Rice passing game in 2021 had more yards um, than any Rice team since 2016. They did that with four different starting quarterbacks. Um, and in 2022, they were 65th in the country in passing yards per game. Um, that's the most by a Rice team since 2008. And now they have JT Daniels. They did lose a lot of targets in the passing game because they transferred and guys graduated. Uh, but Luke McCaffrey is their best player, and he is a wide receiver uh, who switched from quarterback. I just got a feeling early on just to try to inspire this team so that they fight some, at least for the first quarter against Texas and are not smothered and just, you know, suffocated. I think they might try to throw it a little bit. Yeah. I think they might try to throw it a little bit. Yeah, test the secondary a little bit. Yeah, it's the best team Bloomgren's had. I think there's no doubt you've documented that through their recruiting efforts (laughs) and the additions. And he's been there five or six years now. And, uh, I would also say that you know their their goal at Rice is pretty clear. They want to make a bowl game. Like they want to compete a little bit in the AAC. And they and went to they a bowl can, game last year, but they didn't earn it. Earn it, right? They, they kind just, of they, yeah, we given it. Well, they yeah, didn't they, earn they, it. They, they, they like academic to get to progress report stuff. But, Six, seven win. They plateau. were five wins. Yeah, they'd like to get to, you know past that, earn their way into a bowl game. 
and she showed that progress into their new conference now in the AAC. But, you know, they were, as we said, they were picked in the preseason in the 14-team AAC. They were picked to finish 12th. But, you know, that's the media poll, and who knows? We haven't seen anybody mm-hmm. play yet. And we'll get to see them on Saturday. Um, with, with JT Daniels, an experienced quarterback and, and a right. coach who's established it, they can at least give Texas a good look here. They can at least give mm-hmm. Texas, you know, this isn't playing. Remember when, when they played, Texas opened the season with UTEP a few years ago, and it was just non-competitive. It was just, you know, there's nothing there. This will be a competitive Rice team for a little while. A veteran quarterback who can uh, try to pick apart some weaknesses maybe he sees. And Mike Bloomberg is an offensive coach. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think it's a good early test, early, uh, just an early barometer for the Longhorns to see where they are because they're going to come in playing hard. It's a team out of the state of Texas, and uh, they do have some experienced players. So I like the matchup. Obviously, it, it ramps up significantly the following week, but that's what you want. You want someone that will test you just a little bit. Uh, they will because their offense is it's a it's a modern, multiple, um, malleable offense. Well, I mean, a malleable it can it can solve problems the defense presents. But they do everything. I mean, eleven personnel, twelve, thirteen, twenty-one personnel. They run empty formation, condensed sets, compressed formations, bunch formations. Uh, they they do a good job of compressing sets, condensing sets. That's basically having the receivers close to the line of scrimmage when you talk about condensing, compressed sets, bunch formations, clustered wide receivers together. This uh, disallows defensive backs to to reroute the wide receiver. They have, instead have to read and react to the release of the wide receiver. And that gives the Rice wide receivers, which usually are you know physically uh, disadvantaged because they're going up against uh, better talent, they can get a free release off the line of scrimmage and at least be able to get into their route. They do a lot of that. And, you, and Texas last year, honestly, were, were poor at being able to read and react to those routes rather than reroute. Remember Texas, the bunch formations uh, that Bama ran and that Iowa State ran versus Texas, they completed upwards of 80% of their passes when they were targeting bunch formations. That is something from last year that Texas didn't, to me, that Texas could be exploited with was bunch formations because their defensive backs weren't really great communicating and passing off those routes in coverage. Rice, although not elite talent, but as he said, they're going to test some of that. They're going to test your ability to communicate. Uh, you're not overwhelmed athletically, but they call their offense uh, intellectual br- brutality. <laughs> um, so they're going to try to text, uh, catch Texas off guard there. you got to take Luke McCaffrey out of the game. Uh, that's just He's the only real threat they have on offense, and they try to get him the ball in every way they can. They put him in a slot. That's 70% of the time. They put him out wide. They put him um, you know, hell, in, the, in the backfield as a wildcat quarterback and just snap it to him. They find any way they can to get Luke McCaffrey the ball. It's easier to take him away now. Bradley Rosner, who was one of their leading receivers, transferred to North Carolina State. Isaiah Esdale, another good receiver for them, and Cedric Patterson both graduated. They're done. He pretty much is the sole proven commodity in the passing game, and he works the middle of the field. I mean, how about this? 83% Basically, of his targets uh, are in 19 yards or less, so he doesn't go deep a lot. And if you're talking about in between the numbers, 70-plus percent of his targets are in between the numbers. And that's short, intermediate, and deep in between the numbers. I'm looking at all of them. Uh, and Pro Football Focus, has his grades when he's targeted in between the numbers, 92, 91, and 90. <laughs> he's superb work in the middle of the field. Uh, 69% completion percentage when they target him in the middle of the field. And if you go look at the uh, the forced missed tackles, he's got 12 of them when he's targeted uh, in the short. So basically short means zero to uh, 10 yards in between the numbers. He's got 
12 forced missed tackles. <laughs> uh, so he did, those are short crossing routes. He gets the ball, and boom, he can get yak after that. So you got to make sure you can tackle this dude. So in between the numbers, that's where he does all of his damage. You don't even really have to worry about him out wide. He's in the slot, and they can pretty much just bracket him and double-team him because I think Texas should trust their corners one-on-one on the outside with Rice receivers if they don't. we got bigger issues, ladies and gentlemen. we got bigger issues. <laughs> and uh, Remember, we will be here to diagnose those issues on Monday, Labor Day. When you're uh, not laboring, we will be here talking to Texas Rice and the weekend of college football. Uh, quick reminder on that front. Also, uh, get you some other reminders where we're going to be on game day coming up next hour. Uh, also, some breaking news as far as uh, our plan on game day, Rod, uh, in oh, our yeah. next hour as well. So lock it in. Uh, coming back with the uh, What the Facts segment, the uh, facts of the morning. A lot of them out there, including the, uh, the Patriots. How many quarterbacks do they have on their roster? Almost a no-hitter last night in Major League Baseball. And the L.A. Angels, after going forward to the trade deadline, have slashed a third of their roster as of yesterday. Details to come uh, all on the other side of a quick timeout here on E and Rod B. Hook them up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Wednesday on E and Rod B. Hook them up on this uh, 30th of August and a lot going on. Big conversations. Texas and Rice College Football is back tomorrow night in uh, in full with a good Thursday night slate, which we will preview heavily today and tomorrow. And, of course, the Longhorns playing on Saturday as part of the uh, full Saturday of college football, the first of them. And also was looking, Rod, it's time for our What the Facts segment, Just the Facts. What the Facts. And I'm still trying to compile this. Uh, you know, yesterday was cut down day in the NFL, and so far – I found, of course, Colt McCoy was released by the Arizona Cardinals. You getting a list of the guys who were cut? Yeah. List of, yeah. yeah. Josh okay. Thompson was released yesterday. Shane Bouchelle did not make that Chiefs. Oh, um, I'm a little surprised. Well, you know yeah, what? I think they're going to try to bring him but back. They might bring him back for the practice squad. I remember that they changed the practice squad rules now, too, where, since we're talking about what the facts, um, yeah. where now you have three designations before you have to make them a part of your 53-man roster. So basically you can bring somebody up from the practice squad three times, and only the fourth time would you have to make them a part of your 53-man roster. And so that's that's a lot more flexibility for teams with their rosters. So you can you go, you can hide guys now officially on your practice squad. So who's the backup there now, Chad Henney still? Uh, no, he retired. Did he? Uh, I'm trying to remember who the who – the, and Shane sure. Michelle had a really great season. Um, I'll and, find it out for you in a second. Yeah. Because well, I, got, I got all the rosters up right now. Um, so I'll find it out. And I will say this, that, uh, you know, one of the just the facts that I tease is interesting. As we sit here this morning, the New England Patriots have one quarterback on their roster. That's Mac Jones. He's the only QB who is on their roster. And, uh, by the way, Blaine Gabbert is, is the backup quarterback. Gabbert? Uh, and Chad wow. Henney. Chad Henney, is Chad still He's there? still there. Uh, Matt Moore. Yeah, why the hell Charles. would you give up that gig? <laughs> like, I know. That's, that's a, Matt Moore? Matt Moore. That's a great gig. I thought that dude would be retired. I figured Shane Bouchelle was a better way. Shane Bouchelle's played really well for them in preseason, but maybe they'll bring him back, like you said, practice squad. Yeah, he had it. Well, and maybe to give him a chance, uh, knowing he was behind the depth chart yeah, there. That's true. Maybe Shane could, could latch on. But catch yeah, on he, he was good everywhere. He got him on the field. Anthony Cook got released, uh, and Malik Jefferson did not make the Cowboys roster. Uh, up there in Dallas. So we'll keep looking for those. But, man, there were 40-plus players, 41 players in camp. So if only four or five didn't, that means, you know, the 35 Longhorns still. Deshaun Jameson? Deshaun Jameson. Well, I haven't seen that. That's the one I'm looking for. I saw saw a whisper that maybe he is out. 
But at the same time, I think they might bring him back for the practice squad. I was hearing good things about how the co- the coaches really liked him, and he was doing well in training camp. I, I mean, know. I don't know, not good enough to make the the, the fifty three, yeah, but good enough to make the practice, practice squad. squad right, practice squad is an yeah. opportunity for Deshaun Jameson. Yeah. Um, this says Chad Henney is retired. Blaine Gabbert is the backup. Blaine Gabbert, another one of those lifetime backup quarterbacks, making pretty good, good cash. gig if you can get like it. Like Colt McCoy. Now, do the Patriots go after Colt McCoy? Where he lands, I mean, if you got no quarterbacks, I mean, you can't start the season with no quarterbacks. He does strike uh, me behind as a, your, yeah. your your starter, Mac. But you know, Bill Belichick does bizarre things. He had a defensive coordinator calling offensive plays last year. He's a weirdo guy. He does. I don't think things. he's going to play with yeah. his roster that way. <laughs> Maybe he's got a super secret backup quarterback that we don't know about that's already on his roster that uh, hmm. you know masks himself as a different position. I don't know. You're at 21 teams have to use multiple starting quarterbacks last year. You only had. I want to say only 10 quarterbacks had 100% participation between starting quarterbacks. You that, was a, have that was the lowest number, I believe, in the uh, in the 32-team league uh, era. Says Carson yeah. Wentz is rumored to be signing with the Chiefs. So that's a rumor, not a fact, in our Just the Facts. Ooh, we'll keep you posted I mean, on CB, that. CB shouting out to Ojimo, made them Eagles. He did. Remember he got hurt? That's, Early, Gandre um, Coburn made the Chiefs. Just, how many damn D linemen did the, 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 the Eagles sign? All of I mean, them. Like, right? All of them. Out there, 53 bit rounds. How many are D linemen? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> I would also say the uh, like what I like I the see idea that roster, that, man. Uh, heck, I mean the Keandre uh, Ch- Coburn made the Chiefs. Yeah, that's good. And, and Demarvion Overshone was well on his way to making the Cowboys as a maybe an impact player. I mean, at one point it was. Uh, Mike McCarthy called him the star of the draft class, and then he got hurt, of course, unfortunately. Well, it's... the Chiefs are missing a, D, a crucial D tackle, so yeah, Chris it was Jones, perfect timing for Kendrick He's Comer. still holding out. Because Chris Jones was like, I ain't coming until after week eight. And Kendrick Comer is like, really? Well, he's, like, he's the only one giddy around there about it. He's like, oh, he's got to act like he's disappointed. Oh, sorry, Chris Jones isn't here, but I guess that gives me more opportunities. Hey, now. <laughs> uh, it is a fact that uh, when you make your fantasy football drafts this week and weekend, that uh, the Colts' Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list. He won't play the first month. Where would you draft him? Where is he going to play? That thing is a stalemate. They didn't trade him. Uh, the Jim Jim Irsay's made another mess. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think Chris Ballard, factually, I think he's a really good general manager. I I like him too. But this this owner continues to be a meddling mess. Now this is this is the, this is a Colts franchise that has been drifting since Andrew Luck retired, listing trying to find the right pieces, and the owner has gotten more and more involved. And last year. Remember, Frank Reich was a good coach. In, I liked in, Frank Reich. He was making the playoffs with, you know, starting multiple different quarterbacks. I mean, that was his, his downfall. Well, he got hired in a minute. Yeah. Like the Carolina Panthers gobbled him up as quick as they could. No, he's a good coach. And now he's coaching the Panthers. But so Jim Irsay stepped in, then he appointed and hired his guy, Jeff Saturday, who'd oh, never been a coach. That was a terrible idea. That was a mess. And then they so became bad. a. And now it seems like this Jonathan Taylor thing's a mess. Here's a 24 year old star player who's. Well, this isn't even he's not to the end of his contract yet. He just wanted to, to talk about a, an extension ahead of the ahead of the clock, and Jim Irsay screwed that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still. I mean, think about the way the Raiders handled the Josh Jacobs situation. You know, they they said the right thing all the time. They talked that you know show up and Josh Jacobs is going to be in camp, mm-hmm. and the Josh Jacobs relationship with the Raiders is strained, but it's he's going to play. Yeah. And this is where Jonathan Taylor is. He needs to be on the field because he's got to get to that vested year to get to the free agency that he wants. And he's got to perform. I mean, but at the same time, Jim Mercedes has made such a mess of the relationship, he's not even going to play the first month of the year. Mm-hmm. Factually, Rod, that's a mess. That is a mess. That is a fact. <laughs> it and is you a have mess a rookie quarterback who, by anybody's admission, is raw. So and you need the running game. And you won't have your best player. Yeah. No, it's a dang coaching mistake.
I'm just glad somebody. You, mistake. you and I, as Texans fans, I'm just glad that there, someone else is trying to take the mantle of worst run organization <laughs> in that division. In that division. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jim Ursa. Appreciate you for doing that. Oh, man. Hey, we'll be back. We're one hour into our five, five hours a day, five days a week. It's Ian Rod B. We hook him up with you. We got Texas football, a Rod's rant of the day, and some. Breaking news involving Rod, myself, and our game day plans for 20 and 23. Excited to tell you about it.